Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Esther how she represents us as believers and how we should see Mordecai as the Lord Jesus Christ declaring approaching tragedy. This message is available for free download on iTunes or at friendshipwithgod.org. We want to encourage you to call now or after the program to receive our monthly resource from the Friendship with God radio program. It's three books in one from Tom Cantor for a donation of $30 or more. You can call us now or after the program, 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Receive this combination book. Now here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of life. Lord, we who need life so much because we're dead in ourselves, and we thank you, Lord, that you came to give us everlasting life. Help us to learn this morning more about Jesus from the book of Esther. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please turn, uh, if you would, to Esther chapter 5 as we continue in the, this wonderful book of Esther. Esther chapter 5, I'll begin reading verse, the chapter, verses 1 through 14. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat or was sitting upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate or opening of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained or received favor or grace in his sight or his eyes. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be, or ask, and it shall be, even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy request? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Sorry, what is thy petition, and it shall be granted thee, and what is thy request? Even, or ask, and to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, if I have found favor, or grace, in the sight or the eyes of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them. And I will do tomorrow, or the next day, as the king has said. Then went Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood, or rose not up, nor moved, nor trembled for him, he was full of indignation, or hot anger, against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained or restrained himself. And when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him, how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Haman said, moreover, yea, Esther the queen 
did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared, but myself, and tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing, so long as I see, or as I am singing, Mordecai the Jew, sitting at, or in, the king's gate. Then said Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made, or literally, let them make a tree, of fifty cubits high, and tomorrow, and that means in the morning, speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged, or literally, they will hang Mordecai, thereon. Then go thou in, merrily, or joyful, with the king unto the banquet, and the thing pleased uh, Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made or they made the tree. All right, now, a little bit of review. In our last study in Esther chapter 4, we saw, and you might want to just sort of look at that as we go through this, we saw in verse 1 how Mordecai learned of what Haman had already accomplished. He didn't learn about it in the planning phase, but he learned about it when it was a done deal. And he had already learned about what he had accomplished in getting this law to destroy all the Jewish people, and how Mordecai then rent his clothes, it says, he put on sackcloth and ashes, and he cried loudly in the middle of the city. And then we saw in verse 4 of chapter 4 that when Esther had learned that Mordecai was doing all that crying and, and sitting in the sackcloth and ashes, it says that she was exceedingly grieved, or she was just horrified. And so she then sent clothes to Mordecai, but Mordecai would have nothing to do with turning away from his sorrow or being comforted by the queen. And so those important words, he received it not. And then we saw in verse 5 how the queen had two questions about what had happened to Mordecai. And the two questions were very simply, what is it and why it was? So we saw in verse 7 how Mordecai emphasized to Queen Esther that this was a very, very serious matter, very serious. And in order to impress her upon how serious this was, he stated about the money, the considerable amount of money that was promised to be paid for the destruction of the Jews. And so in verse 8, we saw how Mordecai replied to Esther, and he said four very important words which we see from verse 8, and the words are, declare it and charge her. He sent this message by the messenger, declare it and charge her. Those are the words for us to take to heart. Very, very important. Declare it and charge her, declare it and charge her, declare it and charge her. Very important words that we need to see embedded on our hearts and take to heart as they were embedded and as Esther took them to heart. We need to put ourselves In Esther's shoes, as she heard those words coming from the messenger, declare it and charge her. And we need to see, what was the declaration? The declaration was Esther approaching tragedy. Esther, there is an approaching tragedy. And that was what was declared to her in her day. And in the same way, we need to hear Also, the declaration that in our day, as Scott prayed, that we might be burdened for the lost because there's a declaration from God. There's an approaching tragedy. We need to see our Mordecai. Who's our Mordecai? If we're Esther, who's our Mordecai? The Lord Jesus Christ. 
He's our Mordecai. And Mordecai, just like Mordecai, declared to Esther that this approaching tragedy in his day, that we need to have our Mordecai, the Lord Jesus Christ, hear it as a declaration. When he said, when it says in Romans 3.23, that's a declaration for all have sinned. That's a declaration. When it says in Romans 6.23, and the wages of sin is death. That's a declaration for the wages of sin is death. And then the Lord Jesus said in Luke 13.3, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That's a declaration. He said in John 8.24, if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. That's a declaration. And as Mordecai charged and turned and charged Esther in her day, not just declared, but that he charged her with what she needed to do as a result of this declaration. So we also have a charge from our Mordecai, the Lord Jesus Christ, on what we need to do with that declaration, which he gave us so clearly when he stated in Mark 16, 15, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So what Mordecai said in essence to Esther was, I'm not just going to declare information to you. I'm not just going to tell you about the approaching tragedy, but I'm going to now take the second step, which is to charge you. And that's why those words have to be taken together. Declare it and charge her. Declare it and charge her. And so Mordecai was saying to Esther, this is not just information for you, Esther. This is not something that's just being declared to you. He's saying to her, Esther, with this declaration is also your call to get involved. You must now put yourself into this combat, into this battle. And so he was saying to Esther, I'm declaring this to you so that I can charge you. And that's the same way with our Mordecai, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says to each one of us today, I'm not just declaring to you the approaching tragedy of men, the approaching tragedy of men ending in hell. I'm not just declaring that. He says, I am telling you that so that I can charge you. And I'm charging you to get involved, to get involved with the battle of it all. You must involve yourself with the preaching of the gospel. You must get involved with the seeking to save that which was lost. Our Mordecai, the Lord Jesus Christ, always declares to us and then charges us like we see Mordecai doing here. But for Esther, what Mordecai declared to her was knowledge that she was then responsible for. That's the way knowledge works in the Bible. Knowledge carries with it a responsibility. What she knew she was going to be held accountable for. What she knew she was responsible for. And she knew that she would be held accountable in the judgment for the knowledge that she had been given. And that's the same way it is with us. What God has declared to us in the Bible becomes our knowledge, But with that knowledge comes a responsibility for that knowledge. We know we are going to be held accountable in the judgment for the knowledge that God gives to us. And that's why we seek to give the gospel to everyone that we encounter because we don't want to hear God say to us at the judgment, do you remember that lost person I brought into your life? Do you remember that position I caused you to have in that person's life? Did you know that he was going to hell? Did you know that if he believed into the Lord Jesus Christ, that he could have been saved from hell? What did you do with that knowledge? We don't want to hear that. We want to be able to say, yes, I knew, and I did. 
Yes, I heard it declared, and I accepted the charge, and I went and did it. Now, we saw in the end of uh, verse 7 how Mordecai charged Esther to not disown her own people, to not sever herself from her people, but to save her people by making requests, as it says, before him, the king, for her people. And Mordecai emphasized that. These are your people, Esther. These are your people. You make requests for your people. And then we saw in verse 7, Esther had this tremendous struggle that went on with a very real prospect because she knew there was one law. And if a person appeared before the king in the king's court and he didn't hold out the golden scepter, that person would be killed. And so there was a mighty struggle that went on inside of Esther. And she tossed these problems in her mind. She had this mental battle going on. Her mind was just in a war as the struggle was happening. And so what happens in verse 13? Mordecai knew Esther like the back of his hand. He had raised her. He knew her so well, he could predict what she would be thinking. He knew her thoughts. And he knew that this was going on in Esther's mind. He knew perfectly well the mental battle that she was going through. He knew the struggle that was going on privately inside of her mind. So right in the middle of her mental struggle, Mordecai speaks to her about her thoughts. He speaks to her, and those are the great words of verse 13, when Mordecai says these words, Think not with thyself, Esther, my daughter, Esther, my cherished one. Think not with thyself. What does that show? It shows that Mordecai knew Esther so well that he knew what Esther was thinking with herself. And he was thinking to herself, I know, Esther, she's sitting there thinking, if I say nothing, I'll escape. If I keep my mouth shut, I'll escape. And that's so amazing to us that Mordecai and Esther were having this very, very intimate, close conversation with each other through messages. They weren't speaking face to face. They weren't looking at each other. They weren't seeing each other. They never saw each other during this conversation, this interchange back and forth, the messages. It was all being done through the messenger who was running back with the message from Mordecai and then running with the message from Esther and back and forth. That's just the way it is for you and I. Just the way it is for you and I. Just like Esther and Mordecai, they were not face-to-face with seeing each other. Our Mordecai is the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as Esther never saw Mordecai, we never see our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't see him. But just as Esther and Mordecai carried on perfect communication, perfect conversation by sending messages to each other, we send our message to the Lord Jesus Christ as we pray. He sends his messages to us through the Bible, through the Word of God, and through others. And so there we see faithful Mordecai, who knew Esther, as we said, so well that he knew what she was thinking. And the Lord Jesus Christ knows what we are thinking. He said, I know your thoughts, every one of them. And he said to her, Think not with thyself, that thou shalt escape in the king's house, And Mordecai was saying to Esther, Esther, I know you. I know your thoughts. I see you right now, even though I can't see you. But I see you right now looking around that king's house that you're in. I see you thinking to yourself, I'm the queen. I see you thinking to yourself, the king loves me. I see you looking around saying, I have protection within this house. I can hide here. I can hide there. If I just keep silent, they'll never catch me. 
And so Mordecai straightened out that wrong thinking. He straightened out that wrong thinking when he said, think not with thyself. And Mordecai was saying to Esther, Esther, stop that foolish thinking. You will not be able to escape. You will be killed in the king's house, just like the Jews outside the king's house. So Esther was in danger of wrong thinking. And Mordecai stepped in to correct her wrong thinking. And in our day, with us, in our minds, we start going down the paths of wrong thinking. When we start thinking things like, I think I can get away with this. I think I know how to do this without being caught. I think I can escape. That's wrong thinking. And just like Mordecai, just like Esther needed Mordecai to step in and to correct her wrong thinking with the think not with thyself, we need the Lord Jesus Christ to step in and correct our wrong thinking. And he says to us, think not. Don't think those thoughts. Think not with thyself. That's our Mordecai, the Lord Jesus Christ. He sends us the message through the Bible. Don't think that way. Don't think those thoughts. And just like Mordecai knew Esther so well, he knew what she was thinking, our Lord Jesus Christ, he knows everything we're thinking. He knows, he tracks our minds. And now we saw in verse 14 of that chapter, how Mordecai continued, chapter 4, how Mordecai continued to guide Esther into thinking the right way to thinking by casting away those thoughts about being afraid to die, but to this, but instead, instead of seeing, instead of her thinking and seeing the great danger that he was guiding her to now I want you to see something, Esther, that you're not thinking, I want you to see this as a great opportunity. Not a grave danger, but a great opportunity is before you here. It's an opportunity, Esther, that you could lose. It's an opportunity with a window. It's an opportunity which is limited in time as far as you being able to take advantage of it. You can lose it. This is the opportunity of your lifetime. It's the opportunity of your lifetime. And you've been brought into the kingdom for this opportunity, for such a time as this. This is it. And see, he was correcting her thinking into seeing it that way. So Mordecai sends the message to Esther that changed her whole thinking from fear to excitement over the challenge to seize the opportunity. And those great words for us that we want to embed again on our hearts that have the power to do in us what they did for Esther, take away the fear of dangers, replace them with the challenge of seeing our opportunity. Those words, those great words, who knoweth but that thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Great mind and thought correcting words. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ, our Mordecai, does for us. Instead of being afraid to speak the gospel, instead of being afraid to stand alone, he said, see it as an opportunity. See it as a challenge. See it as you're the time that you've been brought into this place for this time. And then we saw in verse 16 that when Mordecai was straightening out her thinking, Esther was battling this through, and then she won the victory. She won the victory, and she grieves. And she's going to go save her people or she'll die in the process. But she's going to go. And but she asked prayer. And by the way, how many days and how many nights did Esther ask for them to not eat and not drink? Three, right? Three. Three, very important. So then in verse 16, she gets the victory and her decision that she's won comes with these words, if I perish, I perish. That's great. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. 
What does she mean? She said, I'm going to throw myself into it. I don't know what's going to come out of it. I may die doing it, but I'm going to do it. If I die, I die. Those are great words. If I die, I die. You know, the recording of these words that Esther said, this is like Joe Rosenthal's picture. You remember the picture of the Marines raising up that flag? You know, this is the victory here. This is the victory here, raising the flag. When she says, if I die, I die. She was just like the Lord Jesus Christ, who before his suffering went through struggle also. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, it was a struggle when he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup. That's Esther. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. They struggled before, but just like she emerged out of it victorious when she said, if I die, I die, so did the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That was his victory in his mental struggle. That was her victory in her mental struggle. In essence, the Lord Jesus Christ was saying was, if I die, I die, which he did. If I die, I die. That's a father's will for me to become an acceptable sacrifice to save man is more important than my will. And I'll do it, and if I die, I die, which he did die. And that's what she was saying. And after we finish with verse 17, after the battle for this decision for her mind was won, we saw peace as she just calmly went about to implement what she had decided to do. Which brings us now to where we are. Where it says 5.1, Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel. What's meant by the third day? What's meant by the third day? Third day of what? The fast. The fast. Good. I was going to say, I was going to give you clues. The last question I asked. All right, so it's the third day because that's Esther 4.16 when she said, Go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me and neither eat nor drink three days, day and night. It's a little bit eating one thing. Not drinking three days. It's tough. But that shows, those words are very important there. Because those words, the third day, in Esther chapter 5 verse 1, that shows how serious Esther was with prayer. No matter how important was it was, which it was, to immediately stop Haman's plan to murder the Jews, Esther took the full three days to pray before she did anything. That shows how seriously Esther took prayer. You know, at work, we have this phrase, maybe you've heard it before, but whenever we talk about we can cut a corner to save time, you know, why do we have to go through all that qualification, whatever, and what we always, someone will invariably say, you know, there's never enough time to do it right, but there's always enough time to do it twice. You heard that before? Unfortunately, we hear it too often. Anyway, the parallel holds true here for prayer. Whenever we're tempted as it would have been for her, to skip prayer and just get on with the plan, we can say there's never enough time to pray, but there's always enough time to do it twice. So those words on the third day of verse 1, it show us how committed Esther was to pray and the importance that she placed on praying. Now, verse 2, it says here how Esther was standing in the court. Those are important words. She was standing in the court. I want you to take your mind. I'm not going to do the phone thing again, but you remember from last time. Snap the picture. Do you remember from last time? Snap the picture of Esther standing there in the court. That's what it says. Esther the queen standing in the court. What a scene that is of Esther the queen standing in the court. You know, there stood. Who was that? That was one delicate, fragile woman 
with no one beside her. That was one weak person after having not eaten or drink anything for three days. And we're talking about one weak, fragile, delicate Jewish woman all alone standing in the court of a brutal Persian king. And for that moment, if you think about that, that picture's clear in your mind, at that moment, the destiny of all the Jewish people depended on that one brave, delicate, fragile woman standing all alone trusting God. Isn't that amazing? For that moment, the destiny of all the Jewish people depended on the impression that she would make on this Persian king. It was all there. And whether or not the Jewish people would live or die, all of them was now dependent on this person who hasn't eaten or drank anything for three days, and she's delicate, and she's just standing there in the court of that king. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, we want to encourage you to visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. We've got an online bookstore with all of Tom Cantor's materials, including our monthly resource. This month, we've got a combination book, three books from Tom Cantor, into one resource, Frequently Asked Questions, Prophecy and Fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ, and How a Jew Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Jewish Messiah, Tom Cantor's Life Story. All three in one book for our monthly resource of $30 or more. With your support, we'll send you this book, as well as a matching donation will go towards Israel Restoration Ministries with your donation support of $30 or more. Call us, 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or go to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, to our online bookstore for more information. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow.